so, so you got some interesting charts up here yeah i mean um i was hearing on a podcast the other day they were talking about the growth of soccer in america and you know i work for a pro sports team and we got a soccer club so i'm very interested in all this stuff i got my my apple season pass so i'm watching mls i'm watching all the messy games i got fubo tv i'm watching epl they're headed into like the third or fourth week right now um i'm i'm just a, i'm a sports person but like as i start to broaden my scope and look at the world of sports you kind of see how the stuff that we've been accustomed to watching here in north america compares to like the rest of the world and like sports in the rest of the world First of all, they're huge. Second yeah. of all, there's a lot of people, a lot of people who love cricket. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had no idea that uh, the Indian Premier League was the second most valuable league in the entire world. Now, let's just break down this list because um, Andrew Petcash, he does this podcast. He talks about the business of sports. And he does a couple episodes a week, posts some great stuff on LinkedIn, on Twitter. And he gave one to 10 highest leagues by revenue in 2022. And mm -hmm. then I cross-referenced that with uh, this Globe by the Numbers, which is a Twitter account that I stumbled across when I was doing some research. This is the 2023 numbers. So, I mean, whose is more accurate? Whose is maybe off by a little bit? I think they're both approximately the same. So we'll just... We'll kind of just look yeah. at them both at the same time. But one thing is clear. Football is king. The National yeah. Football League is not only the richest league in the world at $18 billion in revenue for 2023, but the way that they do it is their content is crazy i don't know yeah. do you still have that one video pulled up that, um well I maybe, we, maybe let's up, just no let's just put it in the the, the, the show notes, notes. just link yeah. to it because like the commercial that they posted where they're leaning into that whole conspiracy theory about the script yeah, the, writers the meme yeah yeah so when was that was it 2022 when the meme yeah that was last year writers? yeah and it's been coming up but last year it was the it's it, it was the most engagement on twitter during most games ever and they leaned into it this year by uh, putting out a commercial and really getting the players even behind it so that's just genius marketing well executed on their behalf everybody should get a raise yeah it was it was one of the best commercials i've ever seen so make sure you check that out but the nfl not only is it a tremendous marketing machine they know how to make superstars out of their players they drive that American consumer to not only buy tickets, but to pay for NFL Red Zone, to pay mm -hmm. for NFL Sunday Ticket, to pay for the NFL Network. They have regional TV deals. They have all different, they have streaming. Thursday Night Football belongs to a certain uh, partner. I think it's Amazon has Thursdays. And then there's a different partner that has Sunday nights. A different partner has Sunday in the day, Monday night football. Like they've packaged, spliced, diced, and dealt every single aspect of the NFL. And they make a bloody killing $18 billion per year. And if I'm not mistaken, their player agreement with the NFLPA uh, makes it so that they're more or less 50-50 with the players, between the owners and the players. 
um, back in the day, at least when it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 11 billion, I knew that like the first 10 billion was split exactly 50, 50 yeah. between the PA and um, the owners. So I'm sure their union is very strong. They probably are somewhere in that same neighborhood right now with the players getting the bulk of the money, but because there's so many players on the team, the salaries are not uh, the highest there um compared to other leagues but let's yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole that's another discussion. episode right there but the whole one thing discussion. i will say about the nfl is like if you're in content <laughs> studying the nfl and content is like that is a, a case study you should definitely look into because they've managed to monetize like every aspect of the game like even the draft is a whole like it's almost as big as the super bowl in my opinion, because it's like literally it's a it's a dedicated weekend. You do the combines or a dedicated weekend, then the weekend. You do the combines, then you do the draft. The draft is like multiple days. The first 10 picks literally is like a whole day just on its own. So these guys know how to monetize every storyline. They know how to monetize every aspect of the game and they can make content pretty much out of everything. I remember the first the first content outside of just watching them on Sundays was hard knocks that was one of my favorite things to watch watching them uh watching the players in training camp one team against another absolutely beautiful absolutely fun to watch so the nfl when it comes to monetizing their content and what they have it's 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 on another level other than sports now it's it's pretty much entertainment sports a drama show (laughs) like they've got it all yeah yeah and so um this here's the thing though NFL athletes, we know Patrick Mahomes, his salary is like some crazy, like half a billion. I think it's like 500,000 or something like in that neighborhood. Now, the number two most popular league in the world, that is the Indian Premier League. And this is a cricket league. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like in North America, there's far less cricket fans than there are NFL fans. There's still a lot. But if you're not really into that, you might not see it because it doesn't come on normal TV the same way how the NFL, the NBA, and all those other major four leagues do. Yeah. So you might not know nothing about cricket. But outside of soccer, cricket is the next most popular sport in the entire world. Now, they do $11 billion in revenue every year. But here's the biggest difference. The highest paid cricketer of all time was this Indian guy named Virat Kohli, I think. And um, he made, well, he made uh, almost $700,000 per month, which is a lot, but it's not half a billion dollars. I don't know yeah. public math. Let me use my phone real quick. Let me use my phone real quick. 700,000 times 12 equals 8.4 million. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not bad for the fact that this is the thing that I'll have to say about these leagues outside of America, because one of the main reasons and one of the main drivers for American leagues is those TV right deals. Those TV rights deals bring in a ton of revenue for a lot of these American teams. And that's what allows a lot of these contracts to be you know, astronomical. And then because of like Patrick Mahomes can command a contract like that because Dude, he's bringing in crazy amount of eyeballs. Like he's getting paid half a billion, but what he's bringing into the NFL just off of his star power is way more than half a billion. Like he's probably only seeing, you know, maybe a quarter of what he actually brings in on an annual basis. 
uh, to the league in general and to the team. So I don't know any of these cricket players. I don't follow cricket. So I know somebody who does follow cricket will know some of these cricket players, but I have to assume that um, especially looking at these stats, like from 2022 to 2023, if these numbers are accurate, we don't know how accurate they are, but a one mil, a one billion jump to eleven billion, that's a ten billion dollar jump. That's a pretty significant jump. I have to assume that slowly uh, a lot of that money will start to now trickle down into these players. But this was a league that was developing, and it now it seems that it's hit um major, major league status. And so maybe the top players will now start to become getting paid closer to that 100 million, 10 million. But it really all comes down to like marketing and how many dollars can they bring in from these TV rights deals? Because I don't know where a lot of this $11 billion is coming from. Is it, is it a war? Is it during like a world series? Is it just this one year that we have this anomaly and it's going to go back down? It'd be interesting to look at the, 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 the breakdown of these, uh, these leagues or at least yeah. the Indian premier league. Yeah, so you're right. Now, the number one revenue generator for all of these leagues, no matter what sport, is the TV broadcast deals. And um, they they vary from league to league. But obviously, the NFL, since they own Sunday night, they own Monday night, they own Thursday night, um, they're able to command a certain price. Whereas like other leagues, the NBA kind of plays like almost every day of the week. So it's a little bit different. I went, just dug this up. Patrick Mahomes, $450 million contract over 10 years. He's averaging $45 million per year. Um, and this cricketer guy, they said somewhere that there's a stats at $140 million net worth, but he's only making $8.4 million a year. So I guess he's just really good at saving up his money. Um, <laughs> he but, might own some some rights to some teams yeah, but or something. He, he's not on the know. Forbes list, so I can't I cannot verify or stand by these yeah, numbers. It's true. If we if we go and look at the Forbes list, um, the the richest athletes in the world, according to Forbes, yeah. is Cristiano Ronaldo at one hundred thirty six yep. million, Messi at one thirty, Mbappe at one twenty, LeBron James at one nineteen point five. They slighted him. <laughs> <laughs> they could have gave him the one twenty. Then. Uh, Canelo, the boxing guy at 110, then Dustin Johnson, golfer, 107, Phil Mickelson, golfer, 106 million, Steph Curry, 100 million, Roger Federer, 95, and then Kevin Durant at 89 million. Um, down the list, some notable ones, Tiger Woods, 75 million, uh, at number 16, and then, uh, Max Verstappen from auto racing, 64 million just some other guys yeah uh, erling holland 52 million now this is this is just earnings from your sport right like this yeah. isn't contracts that you get outside of that because we know that lebron james is one of the wealthiest athletes of all time um but this is just from earnings in your sport so let's take this back to now talking about the leagues there's a lot of soccer players on those leagues yeah and because soccer is a global sport Maybe their TV deals, I think it's worth us digging in and maybe we can come back with a sequel to this episode and talk about like, how does a league's revenue break down? Like what percentage comes from which area? How much is it from TV? How much of it is from ticket sales? How much is it from selling sponsorships, uh, league, league uh, jersey patches, yeah, field logos, signage, all of those kinds of different things. But I think um, it's, it's, it's clear to see, like just even looking from this list, like, okay, we look at the top four, on the 2023 list and we look at the bottom five like there's a five million dollar jump between four and five 
And when you look at those, that's leads, a billion. That's a billion. Billion. Sorry, I'm, I'm saying million. Billion. Uh, the B, capital B. Like we know, I could tell. I could definitely tell. Like a lot of this is from TV, the TV broadcast deals, because those those sports right there are very exclusive. Like when I look at NBA, there is no other league like the NBA. There is no other league like the NFL. And I'm assuming that there is no other league like the Indian Premier League and Major League Baseball, although there's baseball in other parts of the world, that is still one of the top tier leagues in all of the world. Now, the Hockey League on a decline for many different reasons. And, you know, but with soccer, like soccer, there are so many different leagues. And I have to assume that the reason why None of these leagues are like top tier, like making 10, 20 billion, which I think if they were like to all come together and there's just one league, they probably would be making 20, 30, 40 billion dollars combined. There's been there's been attempts at this. It was called the Super League, but people didn't like it because on the other side of the world, soccer is absolutely uh, it's like a it's like a regional thing. Like it's a very prideful thing. Like you cheer Mm -hmm. for the team. That's where you're from. And that's it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like literally towns going against each other. Yeah. So they don't so want, just, they don't, they want that to maintain those rivalries and that tradition and stuff. Yeah. They want to break it up. And I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why, because there's the, the, the content, which drives these huge TV broadcast deals because the content is so uh, spread out. It's not an exclusive, uh, nobody has a chokehold on that type of content like the NFL does. That's why the broadcast deals are probably not as much. And that's why these these soccer leagues aren't making crazy amounts of money. However, I think some of them can jump into that top 10, that top five, if they made some of the right moves, like streaming and getting their their um, content more easily accessible internationally, because mm-hmm. I'm sure like the EPL would be watched across the world because it's probably one of the best. I don't it watch is, soccer like it, that. It is but the best. If it's the best league and it's available easily, like on TSN or any one of these top uh, these top uh, sports networks, like there's no reason why they shouldn't crack crack ten billion. Okay, so I should I should say it's the most popular. Like English Premier League is the it's the like banner for for football internationally. Yeah. The challenge with that, though, is, well, you can see, like, one thing that they're doing to try and get an international audience because they've exhausted their local audience. Like, everybody who's in Europe already has a football team they cheer for. Yeah. They're trying to get the American consumer because you see the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball, and the National Football League are top four in the world before Mm. any you know, proper football league is mentioned. And that's because Americans, there's first of all, there's 360 million of them and they know how to spend money and they love their sports. The yes. challenges, and you and you can tell that a lot of leagues are trying to break into the US because of the way that they're marketing themselves or the way that they're getting involved with American celebrities. Yeah. You see a lot of American athletes and celebrities like going over to Europe and endorsing some of these football teams. And they're giving the opportunity to buy into these franchises because then when they have skin in the game, they're like their um, vested interest in seeing those leagues grow and propagate on this side of of the ocean as well, right? But um, I I think the challenge is they're at a minimum five hours ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like if I watch EPL, at like 10 o'clock Eastern on a Saturday morning. 
or like nine o'clock a.m. on a Saturday morning, because to them that's the afternoon already. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if they have a game that's you know late at night, it's in the afternoon for us. But if they have a game that's in the afternoon, it's in the bright morning for us. So that makes it a challenge to have live sports over here. But if you can create more of the tournaments like the, you know, the UEFA Champions League or like the Euro Cups and those big tournaments that people are really excited about, that people are willing to stay up for and willing to uh, wake up early for, I think you get Americans excited. And when the World Cup comes to North America in 2026, that could potentially be a big turning point yeah. for a lot of those European leagues because people are going to see proper football. They're going to see soccer firsthand on the biggest scale that it could possibly get. And I think some of that residual excitement would lead them to looking at MLS, which is definitely on the come up, especially since Messi came over this summer. And they'll mm -hmm. start looking at EPL and they'll start looking at you know, Bundesliga and these other very popular um, European football leagues. So let's just, for the people who are listening and who are not looking at this, let's just run the list one time, talk about them. National Football League, 18 billion in revenue. And I don't know if this is absolutely true because I just pulled up a Forbes article here. It says National Football League revenue was almost 12 billion in 2022. And then Somebody it goes lies. on to... Yeah, it goes on to say that the league's 32 teams each took 372 million from national media rights, league sponsors, merchandise sales, and licensing. The biggest chunk by far came from the NFL's national television deal with ESPN, ABC, Fox, CBS, NBC, and Amazon, which totaled 249 million per team. Yeah. I think one thing you, you'll never know because these leagues aren't obligated to tell us so it's all it's all investigative journalism it's all putting in numbers that some people hear about so we won't really know but one thing we are sure nfl makes the most money yeah nfl By makes far. a boatload of money it says that national media rights make up about 67 percent of the league's total revenue yeah and then there's 200 million of revenue from non-NFL events, such as concerts that happen at the stadium. Shout out to Taylor Swift. Okay, so <laughs> National Football League, 18 billion. Indian Premier League cricket, 11 billion. National or Major League Baseball, 10.3 billion. National Basketball Association, NBA, 10 billion. EPL, English Premier League, 5.3 billion. That's a big drop off. Yeah. NHL hockey, 4.8 billion. La Liga, that's 4.5 billion. German Bundesliga, 4.3 billion. Italian Syria, 2.8 billion. And then UEFA Champions League, 2.8 billion. So we got a range from 18 down to 2.8. Yeah. I like these aren't small numbers. Like they're definitely still, these are these are huge markets. I'm I'm interested before we wrap this up. Uh, what do you think about the Saudi leagues coming up that are paying? In, in, in incredible sums of money to bring in top tier athletes uh, over overseas to where they are to, to kind of prop up their league. What do you think about that? Well, if this list and this discussion has taught us anything or just like made us think about anything is that really the money that you make from your league comes from the distribution. And so if you can't get fans from other countries to watch, 
then you're going to be relying on sponsorships, domestic TV rights, and ticket sales. And I don't know about TV in Saudi Arabia. Like, I don't know what they're watching over there. I don't know what the big telecom channels are over there and how many viewers they're getting or what those revenue, uh, what kind of revenue they can generate from that. But if they want to make big money, it definitely has to hit American airwaves or at least European airwaves. And I know that's what they're trying to do by bringing in those those big names to try and attract yeah. people who are fans of those players. But I, I just don't even know if that's what they're trying to accomplish. I think more so they're trying to lighten up people's opinion of Saudi Arabia and get them to travel there, get them to think of it as a tourist destination, and get them to start thinking about it as something other than just a place where the oil barons are. And yeah, a country that's been tied up in like you know drama, international drama, and things of that nature. So, um, I think this is more a PR thing. Yeah, like, like a, a pure revenue diversification because like Saudi Aramco is the biggest company in the world. It's bigger than Apple. Like they print money crazy, and um, I don't know if paying a soccer player a billion dollars. I don't think you'll ever return that billion dollars. No, like, they're not looking for a see- return on that. Nah. <laughs> at least not from the sports aspect right but i do think that they're trying to generate some kind of like tourism in their country and try and get people to start going there and visiting there but you know i'll wait till a few million people go there first before i make that trip <laughs> <laughs> i hear that i hear that all right well any uh last thoughts or anything on, on on what we talked about you know honestly don't sleep on proper football I, I I've started watching it. At first, I was like, "What is this? This is two nothing. Is boring." But then, if you take the time to learn about what makes somebody good in a game where there's only two scores or one score or three scores, then you start to appreciate the beautiful mm-hmm. game. Because yeah, we're gonna be fans. There's gonna be a lot more fans of soccer in North America in three years than there are right now, and you can either get with it. Or get left behind. That's it. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.